Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, with the Horror Craft Podcast. And today, I am interviewing the Eric Myford. Eric and I met through a Dollar Tree trading group. And um, he just totally impressed me, especially with the fact that he is taking on an extremely daunting task, which is to watch every single horror movie ever made. And he's been doing so since 2010. So sit back, relax, and dive in with me as we get to know Eric Myford. So let's cue the music. Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, from the Horrorcraft Podcast. And today we have on a very special guest. We have on Eric Myford. How are you, Eric? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so glad that you were able to come on. Eric and I know each other from the um, Dollar, Tree Tra- uh, Dollar Tree Trading Group from Facebook. Um, and this just happened to be trading and I found out how cool Eric is. For those of you who don't know Eric, Eric is a writer. He also is taking on a pretty daunting task, which is watching every single horror movie ever made and you're at what 7,000 plus now uh I'm actually at right now 9,180 oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) And, and now how many of those do you own uh well uh as many as that are available on physical media so around 8,000 or so oh my gosh like how do you house that uh, I have a very large room and um, I guess I'm very good at Tetris because it's all very nice and neat and stacked together. So it works. Yeah, I, I, I'm jealous because I, I probably have maybe like six in here and I'm playing like a very big giant game of Tetris with like trying to fit that and everything else in here. So yeah. I just couldn't imagine though, like, like at this point you're going to like, the more you get, you're going to have to get like a special room. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to extend outward eventually, but for now I'm, I'm okay. I'm good for at least a couple more thousand probably. Well, I mean, that's, I think it's cool that you're collecting the physical though. Cause I know a lot of people are either for physical media or not, but I I'm for both. I like the streaming, but I also think holding the physical copy of the movie goes back to like the blockbuster days when you would go and you would pick out like the obscure movie in the horror section and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, this looks so cool. Um, I, I just love that. So I don't know why, but it scratches a very like reptilian part of my brain, I guess. No, I completely understand that. I'm all about physical media as well. And also since I review these movies, and I make money off of reviewing them, I think the least I could do is own the person's movie, you know? And uh, even if it's terrible, there's a place for those. So, yeah. Yeah, I think any, I think any horror movie has a place. Like, that's, that's kind of the basis of this channel is, you know, there are horror movies that, you know, they could be terrible, but they may not have meant to be that terrible. It could have just been like lack of funding, all these different things that you don't know behind the scenes. Um, but at the end of the day, that was someone's baby. So yeah, that's true. 
we really try to like highlight that. So, um, but I think that's super cool that you, you know, own everyone on top of that. Cause that's, that's definitely very ambitious. Um, so we're going to play a quick icebreaker game. It's called nine questions with Cassandra, obviously, because you are a huge horror collector and, um, just all around no to about horror. We're going to ask you a bunch of horror questions. Um, okay. so the first one, and I, I gave up doing the voice because I cannot do a ghost face voice. But what is your favorite scary movie? Uh, see, that that's it's really tough. But uh, if I have to pick a favorite, I'm going to have to go with the only movie that really had a deep effect on me. And that was a Serbian film. Really? Yeah. I, I kind of have to put it at the top because with everything I've watched, like I don't get scared. I don't get bothered or anything but that movie was so disturbing that i i thought about it for weeks after i first watched it and i've never done that with any other movie so if i had to choose i would have to say that's my favorite because that was the most deeply impactful genre movie i've ever seen i i can definitely respect that i don't like a serbian film um sure <laughs> I, I mean it's not everyone's cup of tea obviously i just i to me, I just don't necessarily see, I, I get why they made it and I get the shock value behind it. I just, for me, I guess it's more because I'm like an old soul when it comes to the classics and stuff like that. I just feel like sure. that's more of where I lean to, but I can definitely understand that. Like we were just talking about martyrs earlier today and oh, um, yes. And I had not seen martyrs until like a couple years ago. Cause I've had to like work yeah. on my horror iceberg as they like to call it of like intensity and obviously martyrs is a french extremist film um but i'm like you know i love martyrs that's a great movie it's very brutal and i don't think i would ever watch it again but it's a good movie um but you know it just sticks with you so much so that's why i'm just like yeah I, I think I'm good with the first time. Like I, I got what they were going for the first time. I don't think I need to go back again. Um, right. So speaking of the classics, what is your favorite universal monster? Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm a huge yep. creature from the Black Lagoon. It's yeah. either creature or Dracula. I have a big thing for vampires. Um, sure. I, I have such respect for that, but definitely creature, like creature more in the last couple of years, because I feel like he's just so underrated um, for, what, for what he does, um, especially that whole scene where they're like swimming in tandem. Yeah, under the like, water. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. And the artistry behind that, like we, we did a whole episode on universal monsters and I was watching a lot of different videos about it. And the fact that the man who was in the actual, the creature from the black goon, like he'd be in that for hours in like the back lot of universal and it, uh, mad respect. Like that just had to, just had to hurt. Like I, I think they said he like had permanent scars from where they had to like put the makeup on and it yeah. would like almost burn into his skin. So that is just, I, I wouldn't do that, but I respect him for doing that. Oh, absolutely. So what is your favorite subgenre? That is tough. Because, I mean, it really is a mood thing a lot. Um, I, I'll be honest. I've always had a love for zombies. Zombies have always been one of my favorites. Um, 
So like I'll I'm always in the mood for a zombie movie. So if you had to twist my arm, I would say zombies. Yeah, mad respect. I mean, zombies. Um, zombies were getting kind of a little played out there for a while. Um, yes. And you know they've kind of taken a hit, but I do see where they're kind of coming back with more ones. Um, and I mean, definitely one of my favorite all-time movies is Train to Busan, and that's oh, absolutely an impeccable film. Um, all together my favorite is slashers which I feel like surprises people who know me because they're like that's totally not you but there's just (laughs) something about slashers that just like I don't know I feel like it starts with the stepfather if you've ever watched the stepfather before oh yeah um the fact that that is a true like actual based on a true crime and pretty much what they did in the movie obviously like embellishing because it's a movie but the fact that that was an unsolved murder at the time and that he kind of went and took that idea that he went on and started a whole nother family and then that ended up being true that he had actually yeah john list yeah he had ended up going and starting a whole new family and was this big upstanding well-to-do guy and they put him on America's Most Wanted and his neighbors call in and are like hey we think our neighbor is the guy that was on the poster and sure enough it was I mean like that's insane so especially now knowing that like that movie is a thousand times creepier um but yeah I just I don't know I feel like because it's so rooted in reality that someone could snap like that I feel like it just makes it scarier um, Absolutely. not to mention you know there are ridiculous slashers out there obviously for the yeah. camp of it but I, in general I think slashers are great um, what is your earliest memory of horror uh, ironically or coincidentally actually uh, my first ever memory is a horror movie I was two years old and I remember you know like when you were young you were just fighting to stay awake I remember that feeling because I was watching this movie and this guy was washing a window on the outside of a skyscraper and then this giant bird came up and snatched him off the side of the building and I and I and then I fell asleep and it took years for me to find out that, that movie was cue the winged serpent by uh, Larry Cohen yeah so so that was actually my very first memory is uh two years old watching a horror movie fighting to stay awake so I could keep watching it Yeah, you know, that's so funny. I can definitely relate to that. I've talked about this in the podcast before, but um, when I was probably about five, my uncle and my father were supposed to be watching me and they thought I was asleep and they turned on Wes Craven's new nightmare and I watched the whole thing. I had nightmares (laughs) and everything, but I just loved him. Like I just, there's something about Freddie that I was just like, man, this guy's cool, but he's also kind of psychotic. So ever since then I feel like I've been hooked but it's funny how you like remember those in the back of your mind because I can vividly remember like watching it and being like what is this and then going to bed and like thinking about it and then like waking up and being like was that like did I just dream that up or was that reality um so I think that's super cool um what is your favorite scream queen? There's a lot of great ones. Oh God. All right. It's Catherine Isabel. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Catherine Isabel is amazing. Yeah. It's definitely her. She's I'll watch anything she is in. I have a lot of favorite scream queens, but she's absolutely number one. Yeah. I, I can definitely concur. Um, 
she's amazing uh ginger snaps as one yes. of like one of the most formative movies for me growing up like my friend Brittany, who's on the podcast she showed it to me um her and her mom because that her her mom was the one that showed her it but um that movie is just impeccable and her in it is just amazing yeah. yeah absolutely and even like most recently when she was on hannibal um yes. with matt uh with mad michelson um he, i mean everyone on that was impeccable but her especially the way her character arc was oh i just loved her i was so glad yeah. that they put her in that role because yes, i thought that she was too. just perfect for it um so obviously you watch a lot of horror movies but what is your favorite non-horror movie Ooh, favorite non-horror movie uh -huh. My favorite non-horror movie is actually Blood In, Blood Out, Bound by Honor. I No way. I yeah, love I that. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Oh, you that's like the part, like you put that movie on and you can literally do anything while watching. Like if you've watched yeah. that movie so many times, but I know like I could put it on and I can literally like, I could be gone for an hour and I could come back and then recite every single line from that movie like at the scene that they're at like that was just mind-blowing to me I love that movie um it, it's so epic yeah and I think it throws a lot of people off because it's such a long movie um yeah. but uh, I love it it doesn't feel like it no it doesn't and you get so, so much, much happens but, yeah, yeah so much is just uh it's great but yeah i would have to definitely say either blood in blood out or um another one for me i don't know that's kind of i feel like probably for me like practical magic was pretty pretty big when i was younger and um that's a pretty solid like introduction to kind of like stepping stone to horror um uh, yeah it's what i like to call horror light yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. horror adjacent, kind of, kind of almost like Hocus Pocus too. Like I feel sure, like those exactly. movies are kind of same way I would kind of feel about Sleepy Hollow. Like Sleepy Hollow is like the in between between like Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic. Then you get Sleepy Hollow, and then you just deep like face plane yeah. into horror. Um, yes. I mean, Sleepy Hollow obviously is a horror movie, but I feel like it's more like a horror fairy tale. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, I would ha definitely have to say Blood and Blood Out or Practical Magic, like, would be one of mine. Um, I That answer would probably change given on what mood I am in, um, because I have so many, but I would definitely say that. Um, what is your favorite horror book? Um, uh, that would have to be The Long Walk by Stephen King. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I obsessively read that book so much. I, I I just think it was such a fascinating book and such an interesting character study as well that I I just absolutely love that book. Yeah, uh, Stephen King obviously is absolutely wonderful. Um, one of my favorite of his book was The Mist. I love The Mist. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, for sure. Like novella. Yeah, The Mist. Yeah. You say novella or short story. Yeah. It's always The Mist. That was yeah. genius. Yeah, the mist is amazing. Um, I just I don't know, I just associate that with um, even though I know it's like a novella, like to me, that's just like perfection. 
Um, oh yeah. So obviously we talk about adaptations. Um, what is, if you have one of his, what is your favorite adaptation of Clive Barker's? Of Clive Barker's? Candyman. Mm-hmm. Definitely Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to say Candyman or um, Midnight Meat Train. Like Midnight Meat Train was surprisingly great. Like I didn't yeah. expect it to be that great. You know, that was fantastic. I mean, I feel like they picked the right person for it, though. Like, Vinnie Jones is impeccable to begin with. So, but that movie was just great. And I really thought that they were just going to fudge it up. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Like, honestly. But Candyman, I mean, and Candyman continues to be great. Like, with the new one that came out with Nia DaCosta, um, that just, that's an ongoing legacy, um, which kind of proves the endurance of Clive Barker one of my favorites of all of his movie is Nightbreed we actually did an episode about it that came out last week but um I wouldn't say as the original Nightbreed that that was my favorite because they chopped the movie in half um but Nightbreed as it was meant to be I think it's beautiful and wonderful but uh, Midnight Meat Train just kind of surprised me um the last one is what is your favorite underrated horror movie waxwork i love waxwork i feel like people I don't love talk that about movie that. so much and nobody talks about it it's mm. so incredibly creative and well done nobody talks about it and the yeah. fact that that like the premise of that movie alone is genius, just genius. like yeah I, I feel like you're never going to see a movie like that again. And I just, I don't understand why people don't talk about that more. Like, exactly. And and the special effects, the gore, like it, it was amazing. Yeah. Like it. the, the, the Dracula scene in that where she gets yeah. sucked in with Dracula and the yep. gore in that one was intense. And I just it's loved just every insane. minute, like, especially the whole thing about her wearing like that super pink dress and then it's just drenched. I yep. thought that that was just perfect. But even like the second one isn't as, isn't bad either. Like it's- No, obviously, I really like it. It's, yeah. it's not on the level of the first, but it's just so fun and campy that it's very entertaining. I feel like it's like waxwork is like the Texas Chainsaw and waxwork two is kind of like Texas Chainsaw two. Like- obviously like that's a great analogy actually that's perfect yeah yeah I I feel like that's like definitely I feel like I don't understand why people don't recognize those more like I remember watching that like fear net when that was around they used to do which I think was absolutely wonderful this is before streaming became big um they did like when they had the vod the video on demand they had like free movies that you could watch from fear net and Waxwork was one of them. And once I watched that movie, I was hooked. I literally watched that almost every single day until it went off <laughs> um, because I thought it was just genius. Um, yeah. So I love it. So I love that you answered that. The other one I would think more recently that um, I kind of got introduced to. And once I watched it, I was like, why have I never watched this before? Was Intruder with Sam and Ted. Oh, Reed. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had not seen that until like the summer because um, I do on my my actual personal TikTok, like from time to time, I did it pretty consistently. But then obviously with everything going on, I haven't. 
but um, I would do slasher Sundays. And that was one that was recommended to me. And I had never seen that. And I'm a huge fan of both Ted and Sam Raimi. Absolutely. I was like, why have I never seen it? And that's another one too, that I feel like is genius. Like someone prowling a grocery store, just picking people off. Like, yeah, that's a cool idea. And like the way that they play that all out and stuff, it's just perfect. So, um, but that's waxworks. See, you got me. You got me yeah. on that one. <laughs> um, so enough about horror movie. Well, about those questions. Um, sure. We're going to get into what you're doing, which obviously we just talked about. Um, you're building a horror encyclopedia. Yes. Like how daunting of a task is that? Uh, it's incredibly daunting of a task. I've been doing it for about 12 years now. Uh, I just released volume eight and uh, volume nine is done currently being edited. And um, I'm about 180 movies into volume 10. So each encyclopedia is 1000 movies. And then uh, I, I initially started with 10 full run TV shows as well. But then by number four, there were so many horror shows coming out that I bumped it up to 20 so I could keep up. So yeah. uh, I'm current. Yeah. So I'm currently at 9,180 movies and 153 TV shows. Holy smokes. Like, I yeah. just can't imagine. Like, we watched. So when we first started this, we were literally cramming like 20, 30 movies into one episode. Like our Lost sure. in the Locker episode we did 50 movies and um, like that took a while for like, we literally watched 50 movies in two weeks, which now thinking back to it, I'm like, how did we even have the energy for that? Cause I just don't, you know, obviously with everything that we have going on, plus both being moms, like that's, that's crazy. But like, how, how do you do it? Like, I mean, there to me, I'm like, there's not that many hours in a day that I could watch all of those at a time. But um, how do you do it? Uh, basically, I, I just I have a system that I've honed down through the years to make me incredibly efficient at what I do. Uh, also, I have no kids. That's a huge thing. So I just pretty much watch horror whenever I want. I mean, so I get it. One thousand percent. I get it. Um I mean, my son's a little older now, so I can kind of just, I have my time where I can watch stuff, but yeah, I get it. Um, I think that that's really cool though. So where can you find the encyclopedias? Oh, you find them on Amazon, uh, you know, like other places to sell books, you know, like Barnes and Noble, stuff like that. Uh, But Amazon's like kind of the main place because you can get it, you can get it on ebook there as well. Wow. Really? Yeah. So it's paperback and ebook. And then my novel is also out in hardcover as well. That's amazing. So, and you're also, um, obviously, you know, how, so how long do you see yourself doing this? Like, do you, Uh, are you going to set out to watch every single one or? All right. Well, the interesting thing is with that is, uh, I've kind of recognized now that that is impossible. It's impossible to do it. Because I could watch 50 movies in one week, but guess what? That week they released 87 movies. I'm always going to be behind, you know? Um, I, I still pursue it as if it is a possibility for me to actually finish, uh, but I know it's not. I'm basically just Sisyphus pushing that boulder up the hill just to see it roll right. back down every day, you know? Right. But no. basically, 
you know, what it boils down to is I just wanted to bring people um, just a source where I watch everything. You get an opinion from a, a horror fanatic on such a, a huge variety of movies that I felt it would be very beneficial. So I just decided to just keep going with it. I think that's great because I know even myself as like a huge horror fan, um, I follow like horror news and like bloody disgusting and um, everything. And um, I know for me, like I feel constantly behind with like the barrage that comes in with different movies. And that's just like barely scratching the surface. But it's nice to know that there is that out there because I think for someone who is getting started in the genre, um, that would definitely be a good place to start. Like I, like I told you off camera, um, I had a vampire encyclopedia. And I know when I had that, like I had just seen kind of like the bigger ones like Lost Boys and um, Dracula and, you know, like Dracula 2000 and just like your basic kind of horror movies like Interview with a Vampire. And then having that encyclopedia, there were so many more that I was able to just kind of like dive into and watch because I was just interested. So the fact that you've done all of this out there and you're kind of doing what I would like to put as God's work (laughs) with going through all of (laughs) this uh, and watching these so other people can have that knowledge. I think that's great because I think part of the right reason why people sometimes get pushed away from horror is they don't think it's approachable. And I feel like that's very much not the case. Like there is a horror movie for everyone, I feel like. And having something like that is definitely a good idea because that gives somebody the option to go, okay, well, this movie definitely doesn't sound up my alley. Um, but this person, you know, when reading the encyclopedia, this might be up my alley. Um, which I think is great because making horror accessible is like a huge, huge goal, especially for us here is, you know, horror should be for everyone. And I feel like for so long, we've kind of had the the horrors had this reputation that um, horror is only for specific people, which I find complete and utter bullshit because it's not Um, horror is for everyone. And I think everyone in horror is super accepting of new people and people that are coming in. Um, so I really do appreciate the fact that you're taking on that task because I know that that has to not be an easy one, especially like you said, with so much coming out and especially now, you know, with the pandemic, we're kind of in a horror renaissance because horror was the kind of thing that was staying afloat during the pandemic. Um, and a lot of like movies were getting more attention because of the pandemic and because of the lack of options Um, so we are really in a horror renaissance right now Um, so I think it's great that you're out there doing this and um, I definitely want to check out your encyclopedias now (laughs) I feel like I need to own everyone Um, but um, so obviously you you have the horror encyclopedia but you also do other horror writing um, which you were wonderful enough to send me a copy of this book I'm going to try not to butcher the name um, but it, it's Notice Tolens? Yes. Okay. Um, like I said, this your friend, right, that's on the cover? Yes. Um, she's gorgeous. She needs to do more. Yes. Um, 
she she's I hope my she, main muse <laughs> yeah i hope she's i hope she's in modeling because i mean yes, she is okay she needs to be on everything like i need i need elvira yes. quality merch of her like i need i need a towel of her like on the back of this book right now <laughs> i i agree with you completely yeah yeah i think so i think she's wonderful but this book um i've already read a couple pages so far like i said unfortunately when you sent it at i ended up getting sick with flu hay and was not able to read it or regain my voice uh for a while so but i'm super looking forward to taking this on vacation with me because i love getting lost in a good book and um, so far what I'm reading, I've had to like stop myself. Like last night, it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was reading a couple pages and I'm like, I have to stop this book because if not, I'm going to read this until three o'clock in the morning and I cannot do that. <laughs> well, it's very kind of you to see that. So can you tell us a little bit about what this book is about? Because so far what I've read, we've got zombies, we've got technology, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. So um, could you give us a little synopsis about this? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, that is a novel that I have been, I, I've kind of had in process for about 12 years. Uh, basically, what I was doing is um, I have a dark poetry collection of books. Uh, that's eight books. And then I have my Tales of Horror series, which is short stories, and that's four books. And so those 12 books actually make up the universe that that novel takes place in. So uh, the 12 books that came before it uh, build into the novel with characters, monsters, elder gods, things along those lines. Uh, but the novel itself, uh, I wrote to make it a standalone piece that just happens to have a whole lot of Easter eggs in it if you've read any of my other work. So uh, the basic premise of the novel is uh, five elder gods uh, come together to battle it out for supremacy, each bringing with them their own minions, monsters, uh, all kinds of things. And basically humanity are just the ants that are on the battlefield. And so they're trying to survive as gods battle it out and all these monsters fight each other. And it's it gets pretty crazy. It gets crazier as it goes along too. I mean, I'm here for it. That's kind of yeah. my <laughs> bread and butter. I love that. Um, I'm a huge like sci-fi fantasy melding in with horror and action and it's just right up my alley. Um, I feel like that's probably because I grew up reading like Lord of the Rings and even um, Chronicles of Narnia even um, and obviously Harry Potter. But um, I, I love this because I feel like this is an adult fantasy and I have yes. a very deep appreciation for that because I don't feel like that's a genre that gets explored too much um like we see that with some other books but I feel like you know they try to aim for the sky and it doesn't always happen um but I think this is great so I'm super excited to read it now obviously you said you are a poet um how does that work like I, I mean are you just are you a horror poet or do you just write like dark poetry, kind of gothic inspired poetry? Uh, uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, it is mainly horror poetry, um, mm -hmm. but there's, you know, uh, you know, a darkly romantic factor to a lot of it. You know, um, I, I kind of have a, I kind of have an obsession with putting together things that shouldn't be put together. Like, you know, like death and love, I think are two things 
that uh, go together very well, especially in poetry. So uh, things along those lines where there is love, but it's a very horrific kind of love. And um, so that, that's kind of what my poetry entails is it is very dark, but and most of it is horror. I have a couple of other uh, like poetry books that aren't so much horror, but um, the, the main ones that I write uh, definitely revolve around the horror genre. I think that's wonderful. Like I actually, I was watching this before I came on um, to get ready for this interview, but um, one of my favorite is Sleepy Hollow. And I love um, the way, especially Tim Burton adapted Sleepy Hollow um, with that kind of dark fairy tale. Um, And I feel like we don't see enough of that. So that kind of is deeply interesting to me because I just, I love that kind of juxtaposition of gothic horror, but also horror as well, and kind of mixing the two together. Um, I think that just makes a really great product. Obviously, we've seen that with Sleepy Hollow. And then obviously, too, one of my absolute all-time favorite movies is The Crow, um, which which I would say is like a deeply personal gothic fairy tale. Um, Absolutely. And um, so I really, I really like that you do that see if you end up getting like a mysterious amount of books getting shipped to Norwalk Ohio just know that I'm the one doing it Uh, (laughs) because everything you're saying right now I'm like okay I'm gonna have to add this to my cart I'm gonna have to add this to my cart um so just so you're aware (laughs) um but well one thing that I'll definitely share with you then is I do have a book it's called wayward fairy tales and it's where I rework uh, old fairy tales into like straight horror oh that's like yeah and and it's it's very very internationally focused like I've got a lot of like European fairy tales a lot of uh, uh, Asian fairy tales just kind of all over the place with uh, the fairy tales that I picked to redo and uh, I gotta be honest I re- I've always really liked that book because even though they weren't like fully my ideas the way I twisted them were my ideas and I think it came out really good kind of almost like a dead time stories um yeah <laughs> that's that i i've re- i have not watched dead time stories until a couple months ago and i love that um but that to me is great because like one of my favorite movies especially like holiday themed horror movies is krampus and oh, sure. i grew up with krampus like my grandmother um my great grandmother is um german was german and she was alive until I was about six. And I remember being like five years old, going to her house and her talking about Krampus. And um, that to me was just always like a weird thing. I was like, there's an anti-Santa, like what, what are you yeah. talking about? And <laughs> obviously then like diving into my German heritage, finding it out. So that's always been like r- really cool to me. Um, I feel like I'm weird by saying that, but I love Krampus. Oh, and I awesome. love like the kind of juxtaposition with holidays, especially holiday horror. I love it. Um, but I feel like that's really good. I like the fact that people are doing that more because um, the original fairy tales were horrifying. Like oh, the absolutely. actual versions of them. Like if you read some of the actual, like the German, ver- the European slash and then German versions of the fairy tales, they're horrifying. Like, absolutely like terrifying like scare your kid at night kind of story and we've just kind of like 
just kind of pacified them in a way, especially through Disney and stuff like that. But um, yes, they're horrifying in its core. I mean, if you really like look outside of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves about like her being poisoned and everything like that, like that's creepy. Um, but you know, obviously, then we associate it with Disney. But I like when people take that and they kind of take back the horror in it um, because uh, I feel yes. like we need more of that. Yeah, that's exactly what my goal was in doing that book, because uh, I, I'm fully aware of how horrifying the original ones were. So I said to myself, how can I make them so much worse? And so that was the goal. <laughs> I mean, my kind of thought process right there. Um, yeah. Like, how can we make this just horrifying? Let's just yes. let's just throw everything we possibly can in it. Um, exactly that's like my my absolute like just I don't know why my brain works that way but I'm just like okay what if we did this instead um and I think that makes the best story sometimes so what was your inspiration for writing um it's uh music music inspires me a lot like I listen to certain playlists when I uh write all the time but um it's just kind of a lot of different things like like the my friend on the cover of my novel there like she inspires me like she'll do a photo shoot and it just inspires me to do a story you know even if it's not dark i'll make it dark but uh, she does a lot of dark stuff too which is very helpful to me and uh so there's a lot in beauty that inspires me there's a lot in music that inspires me and then it's just kind of everyday things as well um i could just be sitting here you know, doing something mundane and then I'll just get an idea, you know, so um, inspiration comes to me very easily. So I feel unfortunate in that regard. Um, and I get it from a variety of places. That's amazing. Um, I definitely think that that's great. And um, shout out to your friend, because obviously, like I said, she's beautiful. She needs to be everywhere. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a fan in me. So um, yeah. I think she's great. So um let me. So obviously we talked uh, a lot about your horror writing and the encyclopedia and everything that you're doing, but you also have a short film um, that you helped produce. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, it was a, it was a short film that I, uh, I had backed um, it, the, the idea was very intriguing to me about um, it revolved around addiction and an alien encounter. Um, so that intrigued me. So I, I went ahead and uh, helped back that movie. And uh, that was around that time that I actually, that's when I really started getting more interested in film as more than something to just watch, you know, and review for my book series. Yeah, I think that's super, and that's that's really great to kind of put that together. Addiction and aliens, like yeah, I can see how that juxtaposition kind of works well. So that's very interesting. Are there any ideas that, like, in the future that you kind of want to build upon? Have you ever thought about like adapting your book? Uh, yeah, that is one fortunate thing I have because I have like over 500 original works now that I can adapt, you know, because I own the copyright on, so I can adapt right. any one of them. 
but um yeah i definitely uh i would definitely look into doing that and uh also coming up with different more original ideas as well because uh as i start to traverse into filmmaking i really i don't want to go where horror's been and i don't want to go where horror's at i want to go where i think horror is going to be and so that's that's kind of my mindset right now is having watched so many horror movies now and I see what works, I see what doesn't work, I see what people like, I see what people don't like. I, I just couldn't help but think to myself, well, with all this knowledge, shouldn't I be making horror movies as well? Shouldn't I try at least? You know, yeah, so I definitely that's, think that's you yeah, yeah, I definitely think you should. I feel like you've even with the little bit that I've read from this book, like your voice in horror is so grounded in reality and what people you definitely have a eye fixed on what people are interested in and not about what's happening now what's the latest trend now you're more interested on what's going to make a good story and I always think that people who do that are going to be the most successful um because even though you know you might not get the appreciation for the movie now based on current trends Um, that's where we see a lot of these movies like years later get justice because at the time it just wasn't what's popular it wasn't marketed the right way or you know a lot of things happen behind the scenes but then the movie stands alone and it stands true and you get that kind of justice so we've seen that happen a lot with like ghost ship uh ghost ship sorry i can't apparently talk today um <laughs> ghost ship house of wax jennifer's body Nightbreed. um uh, the thing the thing of course there's the a thing. prime example the thing is i mean and the thing is flawless yeah it's a um, masterpiece it's definitely and it was a flop which is <laughs> mind-blowing to me that it that really was a is. flop yeah. Um, I mean, but there are a lot of movies that are just mind blowing to me, the treatment that they got, like we've talked about Nightbreed, that to me yeah. was absolutely crazy to think like that, that happened, like, you know, Clyde Barker makes this movie and it's this movie grounded in this really good story about how humanity can be more of the monster than the, the monsters. And, um, the movie, you know, a I think it was a producer saw like 10 minutes of it and decided to chop half the movie and turn it into a straight slasher. And that movie is genius, especially for the fact that they have David Cronenberg as the villain. Like that alone in itself is like a feat because we're talking about like David Cronenberg and he's a villain in a Clive Barker movie. Um, So I, I really have an appreciation for that because I feel like the stories that are grounded in something great are the ones that are going to last versus, you know, the kind of just, oh, we're going to go for the cash grab or, oh, we're just going to throw some things on screen and see if they work. Yeah. Um, I mean, that can work sometimes, I guess, but I, I have a deep appreciation for storytellers because I feel like at the core, that's what makes horror great is because horror doesn't have to make sense like horror is horrifying like everyone can die in the movie and that's just the movie we can have a happy ending or we can have an ending where everyone dies and doesn't make sense but that's the ending like 
you can explore the deepest, darkest parts of your soul and still come back for it or be completely lost. That's the beauty of horror. Um, so I, I think you're doing great. And I'm super excited to see what you're doing in the future. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely keep you up to date with things and uh, let you know what's going on. And uh, yeah, basically, you nailed it. Like, that's what I look to do is I with with my books and with uh, my forthcoming movies is I want to try to make things very unique for horror fans in particular, you know, because the genre doesn't get enough respect, even though it is the best one and also the most profitable one, let's be honest. And uh, it doesn't get enough respect and horror fans don't get enough respect. And so, hey, you know what? I want to do something for them. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, horror is really a community. You kind of go through this experience within a movie. Um, We talk about it all the time and people think, I think a lot of people from the outside think that Brittany and I are crazy, but we, we preach the fact that horror is healing. (laughs) You know, if you've had deep traumatic experiences, or you have things that you need to work out, a horror movie is the greatest place to do that in because you don't have to be right. You don't have to be wrong. You can just exist and kind of focus on what you want to do. And it can be very cathartic in a lot of ways. Um, And, you know, you deal with such heavy topics like grief assault, um, death and, um, you know, just narcissism, abuse, I mean, addiction, we could go on and on and on about every single, you know, just the depths of humanity that you can go to in a horror movie. But, um, I think it's absolutely great. If you could give one piece of advice for someone who is starting off, someone who might think, well, what do I have to offer to horror? what would you tell them? Uh, Start anywhere. That's the thing. Just start anywhere. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I mean, I I think just doing anything and moving forward, I think that's the greatest thing you can do. Um, You know, get out there and make mistakes. Things happen, but um, you'll regret it more if you don't do it than if you did it. Um, Exactly. I know for us, like this was my midlife crisis. I would have, I'm not even old enough to have a midlife crisis. I'm only 31, about to be 32. But um, this was like my pandemic crisis, I guess you would say is I just, I've loved horror. I've always wanted to do something like this. And I kind of just felt like, why am I not doing this? And so we just left and, you know, we've, we've not looked back and we're still here doing this. And I think that that's such solid advice that you're giving because, uh, you know, you'll never know if you don't take the chance. Yep. So, and I think horror is a very forgiving genre. So even if you swing big and you miss, uh, you know, people are willing to give you a second chance. Um, Even the worst movies in horror have their audience. Yes, I did see. (laughs) So um, when we were doing research, I did see where you would watch a movie called Killer Condom. Yes, I love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) The tagline is the rubber that rubs you out. (laughs) I mean, genius. Like, that's hilarious. Um, Yeah. Some movies, I mean, you gotta love them. 
Yeah. So. And you know what? One thing that I've always said is horror is the only genre where a person will say, that movie looks terrible. I have to see it. Yeah. So good. It's yeah. bad. I mean, like, I've seen that with different things. I know with us being in the Dollar Tree movie group, the one thing that's kind of been funny to me, and I know somebody else might have pointed it out, but um, the like the recent drop had a lot of Spanish titles in it. And one yeah. of the Spanish titles was Quarantine, which is the English version of Wreck, of Wreck. Yeah. which is a Spanish <laughs> film. So I'm yes. like, now, ever since I've seen that, I'm like, I have to find that like right away. Yeah. I have to find that because that so has, cool. yeah, that, that is, that has to be the most meta thing I've ever seen in my life, but only a horror fan would say that they'd be like, oh yeah, I have to have that now because that's just absolutely and utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't care if people see that I'm wasting like a dollar, tw- like 25 on this. I just, I want it for the sure fact that it's just ridiculous but yeah I think that's the one genre where you could just be like like killer clowns from outer space killer clowns from outer space is one of my favorite and I know the first time I watched it I was afraid of it just for the sheer fact that I had not seen anything like that but now watching it like there's no way that a movie like that probably could have been made nowadays like people would have been too worried about the tone and about what they're doing but you know, the Chiodo brothers, they just, um, they, they have swung, fun. They, yeah, they swung for the fences and they were like, Hey, we're going to do this. We're just going to throw this together and it's endured. And that's, yep. that's kind of the power of horror is, you know, you might swing for the fences and miss and what they would say is popular, but hang on because you'll have your moment. Like we see that a lot with different movies, especially like you brought up the thing, um, you know, so many that I could just think of off the top of my head. And especially with places like Scream Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, um, yeah. Arrow, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. All those boutique labels. I mean, they're bringing so many movies back, you know. Not all of them are winners. No. That's okay. But some are incredible. So Yeah. That's what and, and they do a really good job at, like, giving you the full fan experience. Because I think that's what we all as horror fans crave is the experience like getting into the deep bones of a movie like I know I have the arrow uh, version of children of the corn and Mm. that is beautiful like the special features on that and everything is just great and I think that's what makes it cool too is because all of us want to see that we want to see the behind the scenes we want to get into the nuts and bolts of the movies that we love the most so I think that that's great that they're doing that and that they bring in more. And like you said, all of them that they're bringing back might not be the greatest thing, but you know what? It's going to be somebody's cup of tea. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people um, when it came out, like especially Shudder having it on there with the blood for Dracula, that's kind of like any Warhol's Dracula. Yeah. Um, you were like, why are they bringing that back? And I was like, hey, I think that that was a pretty cool movie in the moment and yeah. it has its moment so let's just let it live same thing with other ones and you know movies can disappear like near dark Sh- uh shutter brought that back um during the summer and they brought it back for halfway to halloween um but you know the physical media print of that has been years um and That's hopefully true. 
we're getting a well supposedly supposedly um we're getting a physical media print but they said that a couple months ago um and it's still not announced yet so who knows but um bring it to us but even like dawn of the dead i have a copy of dawn of the dead that i like the original dawn of the dead that i got um and i know like a lot of them can go for like 60 to 80 bucks and just for the the dvd copy of it because it's out of print or if you get into like the other ones some of the screen factory ones like the uh sleepaway camp series like a couple of them are out of print now and there i've seen people sell them for like 100 200 bucks just for the one dvd um yeah. and people will pay that because they want to own that movie and i get it 100 like I, obviously with all the ones that I've, and this is just like two milliseconds of what I have all facing around me, but, um, you know, you want a part of that. You, I think that's what makes ho- the horror fandom great. Like you were saying is once you're hooked, you want a piece of it. You want a piece of that movie. You want to hold it. You want to hold it close to you and it just becomes iconic and lives on in you. And that's what happens with horror movies. I mean, and we've seen so many greats die, you know, with Wes Craven. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and they live on within all their movies. And I think that's what's great about horror. Absolutely. So I appreciate you coming on. This has been super fun. Um, I want you back on um, as you keep making, you know, volumes like probably the next time i have you on you're gonna be on your 20th way you crank them out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah well once i once i get going on these movies i'll I'll be backing off the books a little bit but don't worry i'll still be working hard on everything i mean i think it's great and i definitely like i said i definitely think it helps out people who are fans like me um big huge meta fans and people who are just getting started out because a lot of times people don't even know a direction that they want to go into and they don't know what genre they like until they kind of splash their way in. So I think having something like that definitely helps because, you know, especially like you brought up a Serbian film, like, you know, that definitely has its audience, but for someone who maybe can't handle that, you know, they see this and they think, Oh, this, this is something I could handle. And then like walk straight into it. And it's just like, I'm going to back out now. Um, So I think it's a great, concept that you have uh, an encyclopedia set so that way people can kind of you know say oh well I think this is going to work out for me or oh this might not because of this you know what I mean right exactly and all of my reviews are spoiler free as well which I think is great because I mean we we try with certain movie like when we do deep dives we tell people right off the bat you know, sure. if you haven't gone and yeah. seen the movie, go see them. But we try with certain movies to like not spoil them, especially if they've like recently come out. Um, yeah. Because nothing's worse than that <laughs> to have like a movie spoiled. I know for me, like right now, I am staying off of horror, like talk and everything like that, because people are just dropping all kinds of stuff about men, the movie. And I really want to mm-hmm. go see it for myself. Um yeah. And I feel like it's just going to get spoiled. Like I, you know, I had COVID when Scream 5 came out and I was trying really hard to stay off the internet. I was off the internet for a couple of weeks, like just not seeing stuff like that. 
And then somebody posted a spoiler about Scream 5 in like the most random place that I saw it. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like, really? <laughs> I haven't yeah. even had a chance to like fully watch the movie yet. And now I know like half the movie. Like, really? So yeah. I like that you do that because, you know. I feel it's important. Yeah, if you spoil it, like, I I feel like a lot of people will be disencouraged from going to watch it. And they'll miss some really great movies somewhat. Like, imagine if someone had told you the premise of the thing for the first time, or even Sleepaway Camp. Like, Sleepaway Camp, especially, if someone ruined the ending for you. Like, the first time you watch a movie like that, you know, the whole bit of it is the experience. Like, you know, being horror fans, you can never go back to the first time like how shocked you were when you were first watched Sleepaway Camp and in the ending moments with that. Like, so I think it's important that people do get the option of kind of waiting in the waters without having people be like, oh yeah, it was this. Because then that just spoils your whole experience. So I do appreciate that. And um, I I can't wait, like I said, you know, suspicious activity. (laughs) You're going to get like a note saying, Hey, we had a bunch of books bought by Norwalk, Ohio. It's probably me. Well, Um, it is appreciated. No problem. I think it's great. And just continue with what you're doing out there. Cause I think it's absolutely wonderful. And obviously we'll still be talking throughout all of this in trading because obviously trading is a huge thing too. Um, trading is wonderful um it is I think it's great I think it kind of it's that whole like horror pen pal system um I can't speak enough about it so uh but I'm definitely glad that we were able to connect through that way and um get you on because I wouldn't know anything about this and that would be sad because the fact is like I said knowing someone who's writing something of this quality is amazing but then somebody who's literally trying to watch every single horror movie that they possibly can like that's my jive so um (laughs) I think that that's great and I'm I'm so glad that you're able to get on and that people are able to learn about all this because I do think that there's such a great audience for this so thank you for coming on um where can we find you on social media uh, you can find me uh, mainly on Instagram. At, mm-hmm. uh, my handle is at Eidetic Horror. And uh, I, I say that because I actually have eidetic memory. Um, so that's why I'm able to remember everything about all these movies I've watched. So uh, yeah, you can find me at Eidetic Horror. And uh, of course, I follow back anybody in the horror community. Yeah, I think I think that's great because, you know, obviously building the horror community is a huge thing. So I think that's super cool. So um, definitely go check Eric out on social media and check out all of his books, which are on Amazon. You could simply just type in in the search box, Eric Meinford, and you will get a wealth of things popping up. Um, So definitely go check them out. And if you're a non-traditional reader, I know that Eric said that, but there's a lot of um, like Kindle versions that you can get on those too. So there's truly something for everyone. So thank you so much, Eric, for coming on. And I appreciate it. We will definitely have you back on in the future. And for all of our horror fans out there, it's me, Cassandra, from the Horror Craft Podcasting, saying, it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't at least fuck it up 12 times. Um, But it's (laughs) me, Cassandra, from the Horror Craft Podcasting, stay spooky, and we are out. 
Bye.